Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Glad to have you back. Um, or if you're a first time listener, then welcome. There's probably going to be some better podcast episodes in this, but you know, not every single one's going to be great. Um, although this one is, I think, going to be pretty good because I'm in a pretty good mood. Um, despite the fact that I'm in probably the most pain that I've ever been in in my whole entire life with a uh, a cyst in my nether region that's burst and it's just fucking painful um, that's the most pain I've ever been in my life so obviously that's privileged um, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is I've managed to find a way to record even though I'm in loads of pain and I'm buzzing about it I'm literally tucked up in bed, led on my side, recording a podcast. So before I get into it, let's just talk about the sponsors, and then we can get into me just chatting shit about some books. The sponsor of the podcast are BetterHelp. They are online therapy provider. You've probably heard that before. That means they provide therapy online. You don't have to go just to sit down with someone, which, I mean, I do think is quite nice, but online therapy seems to be one of the only options at the moment. Um, but definitely sitting down in front of someone's nice, but that's not the point. Better help provide an online therapy service only, which means they're not got overheads for anywhere, which means they can charge less for therapy. So they provide affordable therapy online with anyone that's over got the psychologist, psychiatrist, counsellors with a masters or above. And the best thing about it is you get put in touch with them within 48 hours, which means you can chat to someone well within two days. So even though they've already made it cheaper than face-to-face therapy and it's all online because you're an e-to-read listener as of right now even if you've never listened before you get 10% off your first month that 10% is roughly 20 quid probably so two months of therapy which I think everyone in the world should do will cost you just under 400 quid if you commit to the whole thing Um, if you start and then you don't like your therapist you can change them straight away for free but anyway where you go for that is www.worldwideweb.betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read that gets you 10% off that link will be in the description but for now let's talk about the books I'm going to be reviewing today this book review is a bit of a book review and then talking about some novels that I've read because it's very hard to review novels on a podcast because I don't want to ruin it for you I just want you to know if you want to read it or not um, that's obviously the whole point in, in the podcast but it's very hard to do it I did I did a couple of novel reviews um, at the start of the podcast and I don't think they're very good episodes so I won't be doing that again just going to give you a brief overview of some novels but the book that we're going to talk about today non-fiction book was a science of storytelling by Will Storr And what he goes into is why we like stories, why we like books, why we like films, why we like music that tells a story. Why do we like having friends? Because they tell us stories. So he says something like, oh, humans are drawn to stories as much as they are to breathing, Um, which I guess probably is true, um, but a bit cliche. He essentially will, if you read the book, if you're interested in writing, I would say definitely read the book. Read the book, um, or if you're interested in storytelling in any way, whatever art form that is through, then I'd say read the book because he's writing to you, the storyteller, on how to write a good story, how to make a good story. 
like what actually makes people interested weirdly like the science the neuroscience of it the psychology of it because we're all just telling stories essentially i think in all the books that you read they're telling a story i know this is sounds pretty obvious but i've realized this recently you've got to take it all with a bit of a pinch of salt which is a bit of a shame um but when you're reading about people's lives and they just do something every every day reading about the stoics who are like always fucking perfect i'm just, i kind of think it's bullshit although i do love stoicism and stuff like that um but i do think that a lot of these like historical cool people like no one's ever perfect i bet even the rock has a day off and he works all the time kevin hart he still probably has a day off and just watches netflix and scrolls on instagram for seven hours so i just think um there are people that are good at telling stories and there are people that aren't that's that's what i would say about that anyway if you are interested in the actual story writing of books the book is very good and it talks about how at the start of the story you need to create a world and it's no good like starting your book or your novel saying it was 1846 at 7 p.m you have to set the scene you have to create the world in that way by saying like Right, there's a big change happening to the protagonist. And the protagonist, by the way, is a cool word, um, which means essentially main character. Um, if anyone's watched that new Christopher Nolan film, Tenet, the main guy in there is literally called protagonist, which I'm, I'm glad I know the word now because I didn't before, I didn't have a clue. Um, but yes, to start a story off, you need like a, a change to pique people's curiosity because curiosity is what pe keeps people within the story and you need to use that first like opener to get people in the story to, in the first place before you can keep them in it which again sounds pretty obvious but look i didn't write the book i'm just saying it how i understood it so having something dramatic happen at the start of the book is quite important because it gets people vested invested in finishing off the story so um yeah, you have to create a world, make sure they know where it's set and get them curious straight away. Um, and then, once you've introduced kind of everything and everywhere and what the story is going to be about, you've got to make the protagonist, again, cool word, still a cool word, have some drama or some like bad news or, or, a, like a, or a test. Um, the people reading a story, apparently us, the readers, just want to, just want a bit of drama. We just want to, worry a little bit we just want to sort of make up the story ourselves be a bit anxious about something which is a bit of a shame really but i guess that is our science we do love that we do love making up bullshit stories or i certainly do um just about the world so that's probably why it's quite good to read because at least <laughs> at least when you're reading storybooks right you're not just creating your own bullshit I'm worrying about stuff in your own life. You just get to go through what someone else has written. So it takes you out your own stories, which is pretty fucking sound, if I'm honest. So after the protagonist had some drama, it's got some bad news, got some tests. Tests from the universe, not just tests in general. Um, then you got a dramatic question. This way you got like the main character will be choosing between the head or the heart. And everyone reading, turning the page because they just want to know, 
Is he going to go with what he'd normally be like, or is he going to go against the grain? We don't know anymore. Maybe he's a bit unpredictable. So there's your third scene. Look, if you're writing a book, I'd listen up to this. The last bit is the plot's ending and meaning. And it's often a final battle. So what this made me think of the final battle in like books that have done it really well is I did read Lord of the Rings when I was younger. And obviously that's quite a violent book. The films, you've probably seen the films more than you've um, read the book. But there's a lot of fighting. There's a big final battle at the end of each film. But the final battle is always a non-violent one. It's a head and heart battle. It's a should I stay or should I go? Or like for Frodo at the end of the Return of the King, like should I just be a little bastard and not throw the ring in and, and take all the power myself? Or shall I destroy the ring like I've been set out to do from the start? And it, it all the way through your story, you're building up your judgments about that main character. Which is why you want to finish it. And the thing is, it's, I never think about this. Like, what a banging films that I like. Because it, it's it's much as about films, this, as, as books. Because he talked about, like, Hamlet. And obviously all films started as screenplays anyway, which were all written out. Think about the Truman Show. The Truman Show. God, that was a that was a handful to come out. Um, the Truman Show. The whole time, you know something that the main character doesn't, which makes you like feel like you're above the main character, which makes you keep watching. And there are loads of examples throughout the book where you use where you're like, oh my god, I'm so easily played with by these writers. Like he uses examples from like Shakespeare to in bloody Fortnite, he uses as an example of like people's need to tell a story. As human beings, we love to tell a story. Fortnite's just a game that kids have started playing because they get to tell their own stories on there. It's chicken oriental, that is. Um, but that's Will Stall, the science of storytelling. It was interesting. I didn't read it particularly quickly, but I did enjoy it. Um, there were some parts that I found mega fucking boring. Um, I think I gave it a four on Goodreads, purely because there were some parts where I was getting super excited about what to read next. And there are other parts where I was super fucking bored. Uh, so, it's a good book. If you're going to write a book, or want to write, or do any sort of creative writing, I would definitely get it. Because it will make you rethink probably what you've got in your head already, which is always good. It's always good to rethink stuff. But let's go into some novels next, and then I shall wrap it up. I've read quite a few novels recently, and I've also abandoned one, which I'll talk about. First up on the novels that I've read is The Flip Side by James Bailey. He was nice enough to send that to me, which is absolutely ledge. And that was just before I flew out here to Bali. So I read it on the plane in one sitting because it was that good. And I am a sucker for like a hopeless romantic boy with that. Um, probs because I find it so relatable. Oh, um, But yeah, it's great. It was such a good book. I love the idea behind it. The idea in the book is that a guy starts living his life by a flip of a coin. So it's impulsive as well. So I'm definitely going to buy into it. Um, now I think about it, it was right up my street. If you've enjoyed my novel recommendation in the past, 
then I'd definitely get that. It's a real feel-good book. Um, just follows a boy who proposes to a girl in the Eiffel, um, in the London Eye, and she says no, and they're only at the bottom. And that's just a start. So I haven't even ruined anything for you. So yeah, The Flip Side by James Bailey is very good. Um, no Winter Lasts Forever by Jonathan Epps. I read that in November. I think I finished up my birthday, which was the 4th of November, if you needed to know for next year. That book followed a guy in America whose nephew was acting all weird around the time that there was a lot of school shootings. Then he found his nephew was on this like online forum for people that were just weirdos at school that didn't that hated everyone basically um it was a good book if you're into that kind of thing which i think i would be every now and then but if you're into like weird twisted what happened next kind of thrillers around sensitive subjects that need to be explored then jonathan epps book no winter lasts forever it's very good now, Where the Crowdads Sing, I was actually reading that on the way over here as well, but I just had no interest in finishing it. I got about a third of the way in, and I was like, I literally do not care what happens in this book. It just follows a girl in a swamp. It's right, granted, it's very well written, but in terms of the story, I didn't even want to finish it. I'm not going to mug it off, because I might read it one day and then find the ending is absolutely unreal. But for now, I just, I just can't be bothered. No need for it. So, Where the Crowdads Sing was not one for me. Would not be recommending that to anyone. Um, Call Me By Your Name. Now, you might have seen the film for this or heard of the book. But it was probably one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read in my whole entire life. I haven't read that many novels. But it was still stunning to read. The just, like, describing words, the adjectives. No, the metaphors, the exploration of character the conflict of interest within the book it was insane it was so good i um i really enjoyed it even though it is probably the weirdest book that i've ever read because one of the main characters wanks into a peach which i mean I, I take issue with because i've never done that myself maybe it's something that's quite nice to do but um no i think anything like finger in a peach wanking into a peach the whole american pie thing with the apple pie i think it's just a bit weird a bit too far-fetched for me um so yeah that was one thing that was very weird about the book um but it follows two young bisexual men and their exploration of their relationship together and one's admiration for the other because it's written in the perspective of eli who is one of the protagonists back to that cool word again in the book if you haven't read it I think you really enjoy it. Um, for a straight man, I think it would be good to read because, like, I've never read anything. Um, I've never read anything like it. Everything's aimed towards heterosexuals in life, isn't it, really? So I never really see, like, people like would take the piss out of Brokeback Mountain. So that's why it's good to read a book. Um about it because it's a life that I'll never get to leave I don't really want to lead it so it's not, well that's only because I'm straight um, but I felt there were some points in the book that made me feel uncomfortable and I thought this is this could be how homosexual people feel 
or whatever sexual people feel that isn't heterosexual when they watch a film where it's just a bloke and a woman getting together again and it's like god this fucking narrative's boring so it's good reading novels fills you with a bit more compassion because you lead different lives when you're reading the books because you really do get immersed in the story so i would definitely read that if i was you gents um and ladies because it's a very good one but let's just talk about what i spoke about at the start people chatting shit i say i read a novel at night all the time and i haven't done that for about three weeks so i must be full of shit um and it's good to recognize that because now i've called myself out on it i'll start doing it again um but yeah i've, I've got a few in the pipeline that I want to have a look at Stephen Pressfield's new novel Man at Arms looks really good I'm actually speaking to him on the 5th of February so that episode will be out next month Thursday Murder Club won loads of awards last year um, so I thought it'd be rude not to give that a go and then Humans by Matt Haig just because obviously I absolutely love Matt Haig and The Humans is apparently another like really good like exploration of humans and our brains and why we're so weird but that is it i'll put the books discussed in the description if you could uh subscribe wherever you are follow on spotify subscribe on our podcast and wherever else anyone on android gets it um any reviews are more than welcome i'm super grateful for reviews five stars would be ideal someone gave me a one star but they didn't even think to give me feedback um which is a bit annoying. I'd love like a really in-depth bit of feedback if you were to give me a one star. But I mean, if you were to give me one star, what are you doing? Still listening? Get off. Put yourself out of your misery. Um, go and do something you enjoy. That's it on reviews. If you want to buy me a coffee or support the podcast in any way, you don't have to. There'll be people out there that can't afford it. But there'll also be people out there that can afford it that think if they met me, they'd buy me a pint. Well, I don't drink anymore. So, if you'd like to contribute towards the content creation, I would absolutely love you for it because it just means that I get to continue creating podcasts and being able to work from my bed when I'm dreadfully ill. It's an absolute blessing to be able to do this and I'm so, so grateful for everyone that listens and everyone that engages in the content that makes this possible. But if you're super grateful for me, then buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read and you can then contribute whatever you want towards the podcast I think it starts at four pounds i love you for it i love you anyway but i love you for it um don't forget to share on your stories that's always nice as well or just tell a friend about it because if you can get a friend into reading via me then we've we've done a job good teamwork that is it though the link for BetterHelp, of course, the sponsor, is in the description. And that is betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. And you get 10% off. I hope in this podcast, I mean, it wasn't that informative. And I didn't go on the best of rants. But you might have been able to pick what your next read will be. So thank you very much for listening. You're absolute legends. Buy me coffee um, if you love me. And I'll be super, super grateful. Love you, bye. Take it easy.